What's up, guys? Welcome back to No Easy Buckets. This is Jacob, joined by a uh, longtime guest, Blake. And um, we are going to break down the free agency. We were just chatting here before I started recording casually and just wanted to go ahead and start recording so that we could get all the conversation in and not re- have to rehash it. Um, but yeah, we're just uh, chatting about D'Lo right now, D'Angelo uh, Russell. So, man, I, I, I don't know. I think, I think when you look at, when you look at Kat's thing and uh, his IG story, and, and I guess for context, it's, talent, it's just yeah. a black, black screen with, you know, loading on it. So I don't know. <laughs> Pretty cryptic, think, but he actually tweeted a couple of weeks ago about, it's like, a, it was like a couple of emojis, like a uh, wait a second or uh, like a secretive, like the finger over the mouth with uh, yeah. Dilo. So it sounds like they've been talking about this for a couple of weeks. Evidently they're big time friends like off online and like in real life. So I didn't know that, but yeah. And one of the, they like, they go back and forth on social media all the time. So I think yeah. it's, uh, you know, I don't, I don't know if they're like trying to like mess with our heads or anything like that, but I know that quote unquote, they, uh, they were saying that essentially like that's all like the Minnesota Timberwolves are on the top of his wish list along with the Lakers. So yeah. I don't know, man. I think I think that if I'm Andrew Wiggins and I saw, you know, Cat like tweeting all that out or like putting that on on his Instagram story, I'd pre- I'd be low key pretty pissed. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Because it's like the only way they can do that is if they trade him. Like, yeah, like so I just I was like that's what I was doing. I started recording. I looked up the years on Wiggins, and so <laughs> including this year, there's four years. It goes 27, 29, 31, and 33 million left for that contract. Four, four years left on that contract. Four years left. I mean, that's four years at what? Over 100. Average like of 30. Million. Yeah, like 115, yeah. million. Yeah, like that's, dude, that's. Uh, no. That's like, a, yeah, like 120. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and, and the rumor was is that the, the new GM, Rosa, Gerson Rosas over at Minnesota, has somebody that will be willing to take it. I think they floated out maybe the Hornets, which would be so on brand for Charlotte to take that contract. Um, but I don't think they would. That would probably be tough for them to do. They'd have to trade some other contracts away. Um, but still, I mean, that's got to be – I don't know. I mean, the Grizzlies have the trade exception. They could technically do it literally for almost the exact number that he have, he makes this year, $27 million. But I just don't think – if it was like two years left, then I would do it. But I don't think it's worth it to do it for four years because I think he's going to take up too much of your number and too, you have to be too much to worry about going forward, especially if he becomes – if he keeps – if he keeps, you know, declining as a perimeter player. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it'd be cool if he was, like, just, you know, steady. Like, he wouldn't, yeah. you know, but he just seems like he's regressing every year. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't he doesn't know, really four play years, defense. No, dude, that's – it's rough, man. Think about it like this. He, it's, he's got four years, 120 left on his deal. Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving is, is getting four years, 141. So, it's, like, almost a max level player, <laughs> at yeah. least from a cap perspective. Right. So, I mean, like, he, yeah. no. it's, it's at least, yeah. And the, those players aren't even comparable, right? It's like crazy that you even have to be in the same sentence. 
But, I mean, you don't really have – I mean, Minnesota, that's kind of the only option they have is if they get off Wiggins. Um, so, I mean, basically they can't do the D-low trade unless they get off Wiggins or, you know, trade you know Jeff Teague and Gorgie Jang and everybody. Like, it probably pretty much just has to be Wiggins to get them under that number. Like, they're – uh, they're 72 million over the cap right now. Um, yeah, I think is what it says, and that, that's including some cap holes. I don't want to get into all that, but um, so yeah. Anyway, D'Lo though, Wait. there's also a rumor that he could do a tr- that there. Like I think Windhorse brought this up on the ESPN show about a sign and trade with Golden State for Durant, and then send a Russell to Golden State. Well, that would be. <laughs> that would be pretty – the Golden State to just find themselves with D'Angelo Russell after they didn't think they were going to get anything. That would be pretty good. I don't know. Dude, so if we think about it, if we think about, like, that whole thing, like, I don't know, man. I think Golden State is going to – when the dust settles, I think they're going to be kind of upset at themselves because, Why you, think? you know – Due diligence, you know, the the reports are they didn't they didn't do the due diligence on the whole injury and and like Kevin Durant at least you know they're in some circles like they didn't think that Kevin Durant could tear his Achilles, mm-hmm. right? So, and then at this point, you know, they haven't offered Clay a max deal yet, right? Which they so, said they were, it said they were, but he for some reason it hasn't been announced, which is a little bit concerning. It's 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 pretty concerning in the fact that like at the end, at the end of the day he could have done this what two days ago three days ago a week ago yeah they could have it could have been in it could have been in Woj's tweet drafts ready to go at the the second that it was legal to like it could have yeah. been, but for some reason it's not so I don't know what to think with Golden State I mean they could I guess they could just still do that at this point right like yeah well, I mean he's still now that now that I say that those Another another Woj bomb. Uh, yeah. Kyrie Irving and Kyrie, uh, Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant are both taking less than the max wow. for uh, DeAndre Jordan to get ten million <laughs> annually. I'm not kidding. Wow. I know. I just saw that. I was scrolling through when you were reading it. Uh, that's kind of funny to me because first off, like props to any guy any guy like that that wants to take less money to sign somebody they really want or a friend or whatever. Like LeBron was doing that with the Heat you know, D Wade and them, uh, to get Bosch, uh, the money and to get like Mike Miller and those guys. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's, that's really cool to see like two players who say that their number one concern is basketball. They really love basketball. They hate the media aspect of it. Say what you want about their, their own brands and TV shows and whatnot, but that is cool to see. But I don't know if Deandre Jordan is the one is, is that the guy you want, uh, there for $10 million? I don't, dude, is DeAndre Jordan the guy that you want there for four years? I mean, I get it's only ten million, but man, is he signing for four years? Four years, forty million. Oh my god! No way. Yeah, I'm not kidding. That's what. So I didn't see the four year part. Yeah, four years of forty million. That's uh, I was thinking about like maybe like a two. I was thinking two years, two years yeah. maybe three, but. Yeah, I mean, because you're thinking about um, what's uh, Durant's going to be out this season, so he's going to be completely, completely out this season. Yeah, right. He's going to be completely gone this season. So that's why you're. I think that, like you said, the one year or the two years at least makes sense um, for that. But but wow, um, I don't know, man. What what he was making last year? 
He's uh, DeAndre Jordan, 30 years old. <laughs> so you're paying him 10 million. Who's a athletic dependent player. Yeah. Which, I mean, the thing is, yeah. and that's the thing. And obviously, I mean, everybody that's listening to this knows, but Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving signing to go to Brooklyn right on the, the, you know, basically as soon as free agency was open, those were announced. But, so I guess you don't really – I mean, you need somebody to rebound, you need somebody to defend. He can be that – I mean, he's a he's a rich man's kind of rim protect. Like, he's a rich man's minimum rim protector, if, if I'm saying that right. I mean, I think $10 million yeah. over four years – or $40 million over four years is a little bit much for him. But I guess he's going to be more so elite at some role player aspects than anybody else you could get, you know. So, I mean – that means probably they're going to trade or get do something with Jared Allen because, I mean, why not try to use that asset to get some other players if you're going to have DeAndre Jordan there? Because basically well, Jared Allen is like a young DeAndre Jordan. So. Well, here's, yeah, well, here's my thing too, yeah. I mean, if you're uh, – the, the only reason why they signed DeAndre Jordan is they're like, you know what, guys, this is not, this is not what we're doing. We're not going to like – we're done rebuilding at this point, you know, we're going to bring this guy in. He's got a lot of, he's got a lot of vet experience. And at, mm-hmm. at this point, I think you would have to trade Jared Allen, right? Cause you're not going to like not give him minutes. Right. I mean, you not yeah. want to at least give him minutes. You don't want to, you don't at least don't want him to have to split minutes with Jordan. It's like, I mean, cause Allen, you still got two more years on his rookie deal. So that's a pretty good value, you know? Yeah. But at the same time, he's also probably sought after. I mean, he's a small contract, so it would be a very easy trade to make to get like picks and stuff back. So, you know, if you're going into it and saying, my my biggest thing looking at this is if you're going into this saying, look, we've got Kevin Durant, we've got Kyrie Irving, there's a possibility, you know, that the with the other guys they have under contract, there's a possibility they could get some other big name guys in here in the next couple years, if they move stuff around correctly, they could have more max space. If the cap goes up, things like that. So why not go ahead and trade Allen for some future first round picks so that in year three and four of Kevin Durant and Irving's uh, deal, you have these, you know, basically rookie salary contributors, role players on these teams. Like that could be huge for them uh, to have, you know, to, since they're not going to have any money in those years, it's going to be capped out. Do you, do you completely punt on next season if you're the net? No, no, no. I don't think I don't think so at all. I think they're going to be. I mean, you think about it. The team from last year, they're losing D D'Lo and adding Kyrie Irving, and it's basically my you know adding DeAndre Jordan, but it's basically the same roster. I think they'll probably be better than they were last year. Yeah, I, and you know, a couple of the teams in the East, or you know, Toronto could be much worse. Boston, I you know, we'll get into that, but I think they could be better than Boston. And yeah, I think they could be a top four seed without Durant, which is crazy, but I think they could. Man, let's just get this over with. I think Boston is going to be <laughs> horrendous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, horrendous I is strong, but <laughs> okay, maybe not horrendous, but like if you think but about I, I'm it, I'm fine with it. I'm <laughs> fine with the Celtics slander. <laughs> but like Boston, Boston's the type of team that's like, you know what? This is exactly what we meant to do. Like we knew Kyrie was leaving. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we did all of this stuff. Uh, but like Kimba, Kimba has been our, we, we've had him on our radar for years now. <laughs> that's like the type of people that like the Celtics are in my mind. Yeah. At least. No, no, I, 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 I hate that. I have the Celtics, but anyway, um, you know, Brad Wanamaker's not on your team. Not gonna. Not like he was, you know, anything out of Pittsburgh. But 
you know, you've already traded Aaron Baines, uh, Kyrie left, you know, you're, you're, you're trading Terry Rozier. Um, uh, so I guess you're betting on Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum and, and Gordon Hayward, I guess that's mm-hmm. not, I mean, if you, on, on paper, it looks pretty good. Right. But you know, we've, we've seen flashes from Gordon Hayward in the past, but it's not like he's anything that he used to be like when he was in his, his Utah days. And at, no. at this point, Jason Tatum in his sophomore season took a, a regression step backwards. So, I mean, yeah, at, at, at most a step sideways, right? Like it wasn't a step forward at, at all. <laughs> No, absolutely. Yeah. Step sideways at the very best, but the very best. I think all, you know, you know, I test and then even statistically, it's like, wow, mm-hmm. you, you kind of, you kind of went a little bit backwards, but at the end of the day, um, I don't know. I think that the, the good part about this for Boston is because is, you know, they'll be able to use Kemba in a way that they weren't able to use with Kyrie. Uh, mm-hmm. I think Kemba can move off the ball a little bit better. Um, he's not, you know, he is ball dominant, but he's not, you know, incompetent without the ball, right? They yeah. can they can do some off-ball screens and stuff with, with Kimba. Um, but, you know, I, I think that this allows uh, Jason Tatum to have a little bit more uh, time with the basketball to see what he can do. But, I, you know, I, I don't think it's horrible. I just – I no. don't think that they, you know, at best, the Celtics, to use your words, took a step, step sideways. Yeah, no, I, I mean – because my thing is, and you you didn't say this, but I'm saying they didn't lose. They didn't just replace Kyrie with Kimba, right? Like, because I mean, if you just look at it from Kyrie Kimba's perspective, like, okay, I think Kyrie is a better player, but with the problems that he caused in the locker room and off the court last year, and his evidently reluctancy to you know play more off ball in Brad System's offense, you could say that Kimba. They're not really losing anything by replacing him with Kimba because you have a, a player who is perceived to be a better locker room player, uh, a better yep. role player, and out when he's not off the ball, when he's not on the ball, a better role player playing, you know, like you said, around screens and stuff. But they also, with with this move, were unable to retain Al Horford. They were they're going to be unable to retain um, uh, what's his name, um, Marcus Morris. They don't have Aaron Baines. They have they don't have any big guys. And I mean, I'm sure they have some type of backup plan, but it's going to be some type of minimum contract player. I saw Robin Lopez floated out there, but I mean, these guys aren't, these guys aren't going to be, I mean, you really have to have some, your, your main uh, wing guys really have to be elite for those types of role players to really be able to settle in and, and be contributors. And if Jason Tatum doesn't take that step up, which we still don't know, I mean, we still don't know if he is. And Jalen Brown's, I mean, he's in a basically a contract year, so I could see him coming showing out. But I, in my opinion, I don't think they're going to be a better team than they were last year. I think they're going to be slightly think- worse, probably like in that four to five seed range again. But when you think about it, the the East is probably going to be worse. So as I mean, a whole, as a whole, so you know, no. staying the same, it's kind of it's kind of tough to to you know. From based off what you, your hopes were this year. And then Gordon Hayward's a whole other question. I mean, I just don't – I mean, that's a guy that I were, if I was them, I would try to get off of to get some more assets or maybe try to do some type of a reset with that since now you have Kimball no. long-term. Because basically the way I look at this is like in the terms of like in, in the eyes of NBA Twitter and how everybody – stuff is praised in the moment or looked at totally different within the, a matter of months, right? Well, at some point this year – 
the Celtics are going to go on a one in five stretch or something like that, or they're going to start off the season, the first 20 games and be under 500 and which is not a huge deal, you know, in the grand scheme, but somebody's going to go out there and start the narrative that, Hey guys, Gordon, Kimball Walker and Gordon Hayward are both over the age of 30 and they both have uh, this much money left on their contracts in 2020, 2021, they'll both be making $34 million. And like, that'll be the whole, like, that's how these things start. That's how, fans start to doubt their their team is narratives like that so that's yeah. what that's what that's what i think is going to happen man i are we going to look back in like two to three years and 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 you know say wow and you know danny Ainge should have offered jason tatum and jalen brown and you know a variety of people for ada <laughs> do we do yeah. we do we say like you know why well, at, at this point you can't you can't do it because of what Tatum could be, but I, I think that maybe in like two to three years, even if it was on like a rental potentially, um, you look at Danny Ainge and you're like, man, should have should have done it. No, I think I think that is a, a high chance. I honestly think that the move that they should have made, I, I get the AD stuff because at the point that the AD decision was made, you know, they already basically knew that Kyrie Irving wasn't going to be there. I think they should have made the trade last year for Kawhi Leonard or um, yeah. uh, or two years ago for Jimmy Butler. I don't know if those would have necessarily – I mean, there's there's points to be said for why they didn't do that. And, you know, look, it is what it is. But I still think that those two, those two types of wing players, based on the other role players they had and the way Brad Stevens coaches, I think would have been a better fit. You know, it's weird. Somebody was mentioning this, that the major moves they've made, the major players that Brad Stevens has coached have all been ball-dominant point guards. Isaiah Thomas, Kyrie Irving, and now Kimball Walker are the three guys that have changed out over the past, like, four years to run his yeah. offenses instead of, like, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of feel like Stevens is the kind of guy that would want to run an offense through a guy like Gordon Hayward or a guy like Jimmy Butler or Kawhi Leonard like he did in college because it gives you more options when you're running through a wing like that. Uh, when you're running through a ball-dominant point, you know, there's a lot of things that happen when the ball's out of his hand that limit your offense. So, I don't know. I feel like they, there's a possibility that they structured this wrong, incorrectly. Oh, yeah, easily. Easily. I mean, and, and you, like, talk about the East. Um, we can, like, shift focus to um, the 76ers. You know, they, they did a, a variety of – uh, of things and other things, big variety, a big variety of things. Um, with signing Tobias Harris and and you know signing Jimmy Butler, like do, doing a signing trade for Jimmy mm -hmm. Butler. Uh, I, I guess my take on the Jimmy Butler piece, um, you know, I get you know wanting a player back, not wanting to lose a player that you trade for for nothing, but you know, or at least what what do you what do you think about the whole let's you know sign and trade Jimmy Butler to to Miami and get Josh Richardson back. I mean, even if you're high on Josh Richardson, right? I mean, do you think that that's yeah. the right move? I think, I mean, basically, yeah. I mean, there's, it's kind of like the, it's a little bit farther down. I think the, the, I think signing Tobias Harris to the contract they did was not the right move, but having that already been in place and then doing the signing trade for Jimmy, I do think was a good move based on signing Tobias because I think it gives you a little bit more flexibility. It gave them the ability to sign Horford and Josh Richardson. I think is a really good player who you have under contract for three more years at like, a, you know, at basically True. 10 and a half, $11 million each year. So I, I like that. I, 
I don't, I mean, Tobias was the one that, I mean, he's never been this level of a player. He's been no. traded what four times, five times in his career already. I mean, he's a great player. I mean, UT, you know, UT guy, like, you know, I'm sure you're a fan, but it's yeah. like, I don't know. I mean, you look, the thing is now let's look at their starting lineup. Ben Simmons, Josh Richardson, Tobias Harris, Al Horford, Joel Embiid. First off, that's a wonky starting lineup. They're going to have some role players yeah. there, and that's, you know, going to not, that's not going to be their starting lineup, obviously the whole game, right? Like the lineups are going to change. There'll be a lot of mixing and matching and who knows if that's even what closes, but still that's a very weird lineup. And let's say, right. I mean, Tobias is a, is an elite shooter, but let's say he slots in at the three. How, right. how important, how major of a, how integral of an option is he in your offense? Like not, not, not much in my no. opinion. No. And he's making, he's the most highest paid player in your team. Cause you're going to run most of your stuff through Embiid and Horford, who are both, you know, Horford, the high, very, very high end of passer, of, of, you know, of a big man passer in the league. So, you know, he's going to be facilitating a lot of stuff. Ben Simmons, obviously, that's all he can really do is, is facilitate and slash. And then Richardson can do some spot up and some, you know, he can be a perimeter uh, defender for you. But, like, is Tobias going to be a guy sitting in the corner shooting threes? Like, he's making $180 million to do that. Well, so basically you're asking Tobias to be your second guy, right? Mm -hmm. Like at the end of the day, like from a money standpoint and from a, a, you know, the level of player that he is where like, at least with his shooting, right? Mm -hmm. I know that you can say all you want about, you know, Ben Simmons, the all-star this, right. the great defender that. But at the end of the day, like you're basically paying Tobias Harris to be your number two guy. And I don't think that he can be a number two guy. He's never had to be that guy. So mm -hmm. he's always been like a, a locker room, a great, good locker room guy. Yeah, he good competitor, great guy to have on your team, but you know he falls falls off the map a little bit in the playoffs and and different things like that. I really want to talk about a tweet that you sent out a little bit earlier about. <laughs> I, see. I think I know what you're talking about. About how you were saying that this could potentially be the 76ers setting up to eventually trade Ben Simmons. I want you to elaborate on that a little bit. Yeah, so I was kind of getting that thought out there. You you, you got to get that stuff on paper. So if it happens, right? So <laughs> point back to it, how everybody wants to do. Um, so I so I heard this morning earlier today because uh, it was released that Rich Paul and Ben Simmons, his agent, or you know, <laughs> Rich Paul is Ben Simmons' agent. We're gonna open up discussions with Philadelphia about the max extension for under his rookie contract, and um. Which, you know, the same thing that D'Angelo, the similar contract to like what D'Angelo is going to get. It's what Carl Anthony Towns got like last year. Um, it's, it's up. It's this summer is when he's able to negotiate that type of extension to where it'd be a max level extension. And that was kind of, it wasn't really, it was brushed under the radar because obviously nothing's going to be happening with that right, right off the bat. Then comes into the whole Tobias Harris contract and the Jimmy Butler trade. And something makes me wonder is if, they're making those moves based off the fact they know they're going to go ahead. Like maybe they did talk to Rich Paul or the early signals from that discussion is that, okay, it's the max or nothing. Maybe Elton Brand and the Sixers are like, well, that's just not how we're going to do this. And so now they're going to look into the trade market for Ben Simmons and go ahead and ship him to somebody this season so that they can sign him to that extension and, and, you know, have him. Cause there's a lot of teams out there that would want Ben Simmons. Cause I think that would actually really make this lineup, 
come into form even more if you can get the right return for him and, you know, combination with some picks in there to uh, kind of set you up for the future when, you know, maybe Al Horford is declining or something like that. Like they could, they could really do a kind of a rebuild on the fly with three max players on the, on the, uh, on the books right now. But I think it really, I think, I definitely think we'll be hearing some rumors about Ben Simmons, a Ben Simmons trade in this season. At what point, at what point do you have to pick between Embiid and Simmons? Because that's what you're going to ultimately end up having to do, right? Yeah. Like you're going to have to pick, you have to pick one to fully re like build around going forward. And at the end of the day, all signs, all, mm-hmm. I mean, every, every tea leave, all, all the signs right. point to that being Joel Embiid. Like he's your guy. You yeah. know, he, he can shoot the three. He he's can a better defend. player. He's just an overall better player. Like, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons still can't shoot. So, right. at the end of the day, when, when, do you, when do you draw a line in the sand and say, this is where we're going? And, like, when do you do that while Ben Simmons is still a extremely valuable trade chip? Right, exactly. Because the first kind of initial question you asked is, when do you make that choice? I think it has to be within the next – you know, basically the lead, the league year started today, right? So, or tomorrow. Yeah. So it, within the next calendar year, as far as the NBA league goes, so in the next 12 months, that decision has to be made because you can't go into restricted free agency. If let's say you don't give in the max extension, you, there, there's a lot of bad that could happen within restricted free agency, you know, whether he, you know, voices some concerns, whatever. And also like you, you need to, if you're choosing Embiid over him, you've got to start to figure out, uh, you know, a strategy and a plan, which I'm going to elaborate a little bit more on that later. Don't let me forget as far as the other teams in the league, but you've got to start to build a strategy on what you're going to want this team to look like around Embiid with Harris there. You know, they're both there for the long term; Like they're under contract until at least 2022, 2023. Um, and then you have Al Horford the same year. They're all under contract there. So you've got to figure out the right combination of players you want to put around him. And if, unless Simmons comes out this year and decides he's going to shoot three, which he hasn't shown enough to do, I don't think you can give a max extension to a player like that. I mean, he's a great player. No. But I don't think you can – with the guys you have on the roster now, the makeup of that roster, the money you're paying them, you cannot justify giving Ben Simmons a max extension – if he's shown the just the unwilling unwillingness to even attempt to have an outside game that's my whole thing too like he yeah. didn't shoot he didn't shoot at lsu mm-hmm. he's he hasn't shot at, has he shot one i think he might have shot one three he shot like in his entire two. This year. yeah yeah like like may make you know let's just call it you know let's call it zero, basically. yeah let's call it, it doesn't yeah, you call, matter it's called zero <laughs> yeah let's call it zero like, at the end of the day, like, yeah. Tobias Harris, really, really good shooter. Joel Embiid, really, really good shooter. Al Horford, even, is a very good mid-range shooter. So, when you, when you, like, pair all those guys together, like, you could even put, you know, Tobias Harris and Al Horford in that same group. They move around the, like, they're the same player, basically, in terms of position, height-wise. Like, yeah. they're all in that same category. So, unless Ben Simmons is going to be, like, I know he averaged, what, eight assists, you know, whatever. I mean, he's a really good passer, but at the end of the day, like, if he doesn't get any shooting out of him, it's like if you're going to average 15 points as a max level guy, like I, that can't happen. Well, it's a whole, it's a whole like run, where the whole conversation of like running your offense is that if you have Ben Simmons on the floor, like with the ball in his hand, 
he's a he's an all-star level player. Without the ball in his hand, yes. you can't keep him on the court. So you can't have that disparity with 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 you know with that roster. You can't have him as a zero out there. It's different than when you have like a DeAndre Jordan who he's not a very skilled offensive player and you cannot really do a whole lot with him. It's not like a big man who you can kind of, you know, get him out of the way, use him to set screens and like that. There's things you can do with Simmons. You can use him to set screens, but still with the collection of guys you have, you can't like, yes, Horford and Embiid can shoot a little bit and Horford's a really good spot up shooter. And so is Harris, but they're not, it's not JJ Redick. It's not Kyle Korver. It's not Buddy Heald. It's not the, it's not Clay Thompson. Like these aren't, they're not going to respect them to the level they would an elite wing player. So you can't have Simmons out there just dragging the whole offense down because he can't no. do anything uh, from the from the perimeter. So to me, I, you know, I would look into somewhere like New Orleans, who now has a billion assets. They have, you know, they're looking for they're you know that's going to be a tough play, even though that the the fortunes have turned around for them. And now people say like, Oh, they're going to get somebody like it is a big deal that JJ Reddick signed there. Um, but I still think it's going to be tough for them to get a high level free agent. They would definitely make a deal for a player like Ben Simmons. Cause I think he's probably the top level that they could get um, outside of uh, a trade, you know, with a trade because um, nobody's going to sign there. I think you could probably get some really good assets from them on that. You know, maybe you try to salvage something from the Clippers since if they don't get Kawhi and they end up empty-handed in free agency, something like that. I mean, there's a couple of places out there you could look um, to recoup some assets uh, for him. But, yeah. No, I mean, you kind of said it. I, I really do think it's a yeah. huge deal that J.J. Redick – and that's just another conversation. I think it's a huge deal that, that J.J. Redick signed with the Pelicans mainly because he's on the back end of his career and him saying – you know, I, I kind of believe in this team. I, cool. I, I think, you know, with him, with him saying that, I think they're going to, that means they're going to end up being pretty good next year. Like, mm-hmm. you know, 30, 40 wins good next season. You know, mm-hmm. I think they might end up getting over 40 wins at this point because they have Zion. They have, you know, JJ Redick. I think what, what did he average last year in terms of points per game, like 15, 18 points per game. Yeah. I you know, know and he'll be, a, a, yeah, yeah ch- check that stat really fast. But I know he'll come off the bench. 18, also yeah. bringing, yeah, 18 points. I know bringing him all, like bringing him in too, you know, having that veteran presence in there. I think that's mm-hmm. huge. Yeah. No. And uh, I think, I think you're, you're right. I mean, that, that shows that he believes in David Griffin and what they're doing and wants to mentor those guys. I mean, like you said, he could chase a title. I mean, I really thought that he was an outside shot of taking, like he's made a lot of money over the last two years in Philly trying to do that. And I really thought he was an outside shot of a guy to sign in Brooklyn. Uh, so he lives in Brooklyn. Reddick does. He's been commuting from Brooklyn to Philly for those games. Or, like, I mean, I'm, oh, sure, wow. yeah, I'm sure he has an, uh, an apartment in Philly. But still, his, his home is in Brooklyn. So I thought there was a shot that he would sign there or with LeBron in L.A. Uh, to kind of win a title. But you can see that now he's kind of wanting to be kind of like that mentor guy. Still wants to get his shots up. That's important to him. That's fine. And still gets like what thirteen million dollars something like that. So that is huge. I wanted to update real quick while we were talking though. They updated that trade. Goran Dragic is not going back to Dallas. Instead, the Mavericks are getting Kelly Olynyk and Derek Jones. So whoa, yeah. So Dragic is not going back, but Olynyk, which is Olynyk, has more years on his contract, but less uh, less money than Dragic does. 
So that's interesting. And they said that um, the Mavericks didn't want to take Dragic because it would keep, uh, would make them, they wanted the flexibility, more flexibility for this summer, um, which is interesting. Maybe they think they have something else going on, but I don't know. I wonder how much cap space they have left. I mean, uh, honestly, by the way, shout out to this guy um, that does the website earlybirdrights.com. He has like an algorithm that updates these cap sheets as these things get announced. He just puts it in manually, super quick. So I'm about to check it out. But um, he, um, I'm trying to look at the Dallas one. See if he already has. What's it called? Early early birdrights? Earlybirdrights.com. Yeah, everybody should check it out. Oh yeah, he's already. That's the crazy thing. He literally sits there on his computer. It's already got Olenek on the cap sheet for them. So they, <laughs> they yeah, they're thirty-seven million over the cap right now. But that's with the cap hold of like Dirk Nowitzki and Berea and players like that. So they'll drop that number. Um, not all the. I'm sure he's still got to update some of these figures on the bottom. But um, but yeah, they still they still could trade players like Tim Hardaway Jr., Courtney Lee, and those guys to open up more cap space if they need to. And they probably have some type of exception to use. I don't know. I'd have to get – I'm sure it'll be updated here on Twitter soon. I need to just monitor that guy's tweets. But, but yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting too because Dallas has always been rumored into these these different trades or these different free agents, but they never really seem to sign anybody. Um, uh, Shams just tweeted out that uh, the Bucks are seriously considering Robin Lopez. <laughs> the Bucks are going back with, the, yeah, they're going to reunite Robin oh Lopez and, and 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 Brooke. I don't. It's not confirmed yet. They're just expressing interest, no. but be, yeah. they'd be crazy. <laughs> That's hilarious. Like, why do they even? Jeez, I, I would, that'd be that'd be weird. That, I don't think that would work. That's not. A, that's not. I don't know, man. You said uh, who said who tweeted that? Shams did. Oh, I just see it now. There we go. I mean, uh, it'd be fun to watch those two guys on the same team. But oh, uh, but that's a good segue actually to talk about what the Bucks did. Because um, I was kind of I was really surprised that uh, they didn't keep Brogdon. So they did. They um, they did resign uh, Chris Middleton for the max, which is a ton of money. Yeah. Um, I'll pull yep. them up real quick, and then. They executed. They basically a, had to do that, right? Yeah, they basically had to. I well, the the talk was they had to keep Middleton and they had to keep Brogdon because they really didn't have a lot of options other way. And they kept uh, Brooke Lopez, by the way. They signed him to like four fifty two million. Um, so I thought they were going to re-sign Brogdon as well and just almost be a luxury tax team. But they did a sign and trade uh, with um, Philadelphia. I mean Philadelphia with Indiana and. That got it. They got picks for that. So that I mean, they did. Yeah, that really was kind of out of the field. I didn't see that coming. No, I I, I thought I thought Brogdon was going to go somewhere. I, honestly, there was no chatter about him going Indy. Um, so no, it caught me. It was it was way out of left field for me too. Yeah, I completely agree. Yeah, it, and but I mean, and I was I was talking about this. My my initial reaction um, with uh, my initial reaction to the trade was. Like, but the Bucks. What are you doing, right? Like, I just, I heard that Giannis is a big fan of Brogdon, and that you know they're uh, obviously they were the one seed this year with him, even though he was injured a little bit, a little while of it. But honestly, maybe they viewed themselves as needing some flexibility 
in the future years. And these first round picks maybe can add some cheap talent there. I don't know all the details on like what years and protections are on them, but I guess, I don't know. It would have been tough for me not to pay Brogdon just because you're not going to be really able to replace him with anybody. And I thought even if you did sign Brogdon to this 485 number that they said was too much for the Bucks, I don't. that's not an immovable contract, an untradeable contract. Like You could have traded him somewhere. There was a bunch of teams that wanted him and were willing to pay him that number. Do you mean in a year and a half they wouldn't be? If you decided you wanted like, – I just think – I think the right call would have been to, uh, to sign him just because – Immediately right now, you didn't replace him with anybody. You, you re-signed George Hill, but he was on the team last year too. So, well, what, what was weird was what was weird though. You know, they cut they so they cut Hill right mm-hmm. at the end of the day. They they cut Hill, and uh, you know they brought him back with you know I think he makes like oh, what my. like nine million dollars or whatever. Yeah. Keep in mind, John Luer is on that team. <laughs> I just want to make <laughs> I just want to make that known. John John Luer is on their team making nine million dollars. Evidently, they're going to stretch him. They're going to like cut him uh, and stretch him. Man, he's going to be paying. He's going to get paid for another ten years. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So at this point, so you uh, you, you had to give Chris Middleton the max mm-hmm. to keep him. You're going to have to you're going to have to give him the max because if you didn't, somebody else was going to do it. Right. There's too many max slots to 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 not have to give him the max. So I think right now. You know they're paying him thirty million dollars. He he's making more than Antetokounmpo. Uh, you know five million dollars more a year than than Antetokounmpo is. Um, but at the end of the day, you you focus strictly on Brook Lopez and Chris Middleton, which I get. You know, outside of Brook Lopez, do you really have like a full like true center to uh, to kind of be there for you? Basically, this was me saying, hey, this I, this is me going and they're they're running it back right but i think that not having brogdon is going to be it's going to hurt them in the long run i think so too and i mean they're not going to really have cap space i don't think i'm trying to look at it here. i don't think they're really going to have cap space even next year so they're pretty much you know they're hoping that you're putting a good enough product out there for Giannis to want to commit long term because i think he's up for an extension next season um, which he'll get that Steph Curry type extension where it's, you know, the 200, the Damian Lillard extension where it's like over 200 million because he's all NBA and all that stuff and MVP. So you're going to yeah. be paying a lot of money to this group long term. And then Eric Bledsoe, I, Eric Bledsoe is like a guy I guess you could probably look to trade, um, which is probably honestly probably what they'll do. I, I, I would highly doubt that we don't get some Eric Bledsoe trade rumors this year. Has to be. I mean, it, it, well, he was the one. So, like, if you think about it, Eric Bledsoe kind of fell off, right? You had George mm-hmm. Hill that was like he was closing games for you in the in the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, at the end of the day, and I get Eric Bledsoe has five years. No, not five years. Yeah, four five years. years. Four years left yeah. on his on his deal. So, I think you ultimately have to to look to trade him. It not they probably won't trade it this trade him this year. They'll probably run it back. Honestly, they'll probably run it back. Um, but at the end of the day, in twenty twenty one or twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, you have to to look to trade him because I don't know. I think not keeping Brogdon is 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 what's gonna. Yeah, I think allow, that's going to prove to be the the kicker as far as like when it comes down to it um, in the playoffs this year. Because I mean, I think they'll still probably be a top two three seed in the East. Because they had, you know, Giannis is going to get even better as well, and I think Middleton will improve some too. But 
yeah, I think you're going to, I think they're going to feel it towards the end of the year. Uh, the loss of him yeah. a little bit more. Well, just the depth, just the depth. I mean, they don't have a ton of depth anymore either. So, yeah, I mean, they, they're going to have to hope that players like, you know, DiVincenzo and stuff like that come into form and, and become like, you know, really good role players, which maybe they will. I mean, he didn't really, he was injured a lot this year. So who knows? I'm still a, a Dante DiVincenzo fan. I love that guy. <laughs> Never quit on him. Don't ever quit. Um, I did see just kind of clipping through some stuff here. I did see that Mark Stein was reporting that uh, uh, there's just because there hasn't been an announcement with Clay. Don't worry, the deal is still in place. He just, it just hasn't been agreed upon yet. They're just I think working out some details with it. Evidently, there's some like no trade clause and player option stuff that he can he can request now since he's been with them for like 10 years or something. So I'm assuming that they're just negotiating that and that there's no avenue where he's nutting come back. So, um, so that's going to be as we thought it was. And then also looks like Derek favors is going to sign with new Orleans. They're negotiating. And new Orleans is an interesting team to me. I, Mm -hmm. I can already, I can already see, you know, David Griffin getting GM of the year next year. <laughs> the most, uh, the most interesting 10 seed in the, in the entire, entire world. It's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, I do the, think the, the most interesting fringe, fringe, playoff fringe team. playoff team. I, I mean, I think they're going to be a lot of fun. I just don't think they're going to make the playoffs. I just don't No. It's going to be like, I just, you know, I'm going to pull it up here just for my own sake of like, you know, what the, what the playoffs are. Um, or what they were last year, but I just don't see they're not going to be better than Golden State even without Clay and KD. Not going to be better than Denver. Not going to be better than Portland. Not going to be better than Houston. Not going to be better than Utah. Not going to be better than OKC. There's no way they're better than San Antonio. San Antonio is not going to let themselves be worse than the Pelicans. That'll never happen. Um, I don't know, man. <laughs> but I just I mean I'll never quit on them. And then LAC uh, Clippers were eight. I mean, even if they run it back with who they have, are they better than the Pelicans? I mean, are they worse than the Pelicans? And then Sacramento probably is going to improve. I haven't even mentioned LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and I'm 10 teams down. Yeah, so, there's no way they make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, no, they're not making the playoffs. And if D'Lo goes to Minnesota, the Minnesota's still down there. So, yeah, it's in Dallas. Like, yeah, <laughs> the West is absolutely stacked, and unless there's a couple injuries up top, New Orleans is going to be a fun team, the same way that a team like Memphis is going to be fun, but they're both going to suck in, in the end. They're going to be like, a fun league pass team. They're going to be a fun yeah. league pass team, but they're going to win mid-30s. Like what? Yeah. Memphis and New Orleans both Fort- had 33 wins last year. I would both take them at that number probably next year or under. Yeah. Probably under for Memphis. Memphis is going to be worse than New Orleans, but I would take New yeah. Orleans right around that 33 to 35 wins. Yeah, Memphis, they're going to they're gonna have a chance to be top five worst team in the NBA again, especially oh, in the yeah. West. The West. Oh, I the think West there's stacked. Right, the West is very stacked, and I think there's a really good shot they're the worst team in the West. It's going to be tough to be worse than Phoenix just because they just <laughs> don't want to give that up. So, I, I don't, don't know, really man. think it's they'll not, probably be the second worst team at best. I don't, dude, I don't know. Don't, don't sleep on the Phoenix Suns. They, they signed the boy <laughs> Ricky Rubio. <laughs> Exactly. That's why I'm factoring that in. <laughs> that's that's the number one factor in me feeling confident about this. Um, this is me saying that's going to yeah. be the worst move. Right. Which, I mean, I don't even hate Ricky Rubio that much. 
I'm so glad we didn't have to get him in a Conley trade, but oh, that been trash. For the Sun, the Suns are just this. I feel bad for Suns fans. My editor at uh, Hoops Habit is a Suns fan, and he just takes it in the in the Slack channel. He just he he just it's so it's so like it, it's got to be just terrible to be a fan. Like they got a great player in Drew in uh Drew in uh Devin Booker, and they just can't do anything with it. They just can't do anything with him. Um, but yeah, is there? I'm trying to think uh, if there was anything else really notable. I mean, there's a couple other signings. I think the whole Charlotte Hornets deal is is ridiculous. How they? I mean, I will say individually, I don't think them choosing not to pay the super mega two hundred million dollar max to Kimba was a bad decision. I don't think they should have paid him. I don't think he's a max player. I do think that they should have paid him the normal max, which they was rumored, which the report, it was reported. They didn't even offer him the same amount of money that, or the, the five year max that not the super max and that Boston, you know, was willing to do that. So I, to me, what do you, I just, you, you don't trade him at the deadline either the past two years, you make terrible decisions in surrounding him with talent, bad contracts. And then you, at the very end of it, you're like, well, we're not going to pay you the guy who actually has been good on this team. Like, that's tough. It's tough optics. If I'm a Hornets fan, if I'm a Hornets fan, I'm very, very pissed today because I'm definitely not happy with Terry Rozier three fifty eight when three hundred uh, three years fifty eight million dollars when you decided you wouldn't want to pay Kimba thirty million dollars. It's like what the hell? Here, here's here's my whole thing. You're you're the you're you're the best player, arguably the best player to ever play the game. Here's my whole thing with the Hornets. Michael Jordan, the best player ever, mm-hmm. arguably the best player. Who who does he have on that team that is remotely worth a damn? No one. Nobody. Kimball Walker, Kimball Walker, the last five years, Kimball Walker's been the best player on their team. Probably probably a decade. Over the last decade, Kimball Walker has been the, the best player on their team. And you don't want to offer that guy the max to stay? Mm-hmm. Like, if, you, if, I, if, if I'm a free agent and you don't want to offer the guy – that has been there, has just put in work, has just, you know, like went to work, not said anything, never, you know, never a bad story about. He never criticized. The yeah. Never criticized. Never criticized one time. If you can't give that guy a max deal, then why in the world would any free agent want to come to, to Charlotte? Any of Right. Other? Yeah. I mean, like, this is the thing. And, 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 and like I said, I'm on the record saying, I don't think it would have been tough for me to pay him $200 million. But if he was willing to stay with you, I think it's basically the contract that um, that Tobias Harris got. It's like a 180, 190 million or whatever. Yeah, five year, like or it's the Clay Thompson contract. It's like the five year, 190 million um, contract. You if do that. Willing, you do that because you know Batum's contract's eventually going to come off the books. Biombo's going to come off the books. Marvin Williams, Kid Gilchrist, all these guys, and you'll still have a 31 year old Kimball Walker. 32-year-old Kimball Walker with Malik Monk, P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, and all these different young players that you do have, like you can still build a good narrative around that for your fan base. But now you're trying to tell them that you pinched pennies on a Kimball Walker contract to run out Terry Rozier with the same roster that was not good with Kimba. Like they're going to be bad, like real bad next year. Like, like bad, bad. Let, yeah. let me let me let me here here's the here's the players on their team and and from the highest salary to the lowest. You ready for this? 
Oh, I'm, I'm ready. Nicholas, Nicholas, Nicholas Batum at 25 million. Terry Rozier, second, second highest paid at 18. Bismack Biombo, Marvin Williams, Cody Zeller, Michael yeah. Kidd Gilchrist, Frank Kaminsky, uh, Malik Monk, PJ Washington, Miles Bridges. <laughs> great crew. That's their top That's 10. Great crew. Like, what? <laughs> you know what I, I mean? Would... Like, <laughs> like you're paying Marvin Williams $15 million. Yeah, they made some bad calls. And I was actually, I was the other day I was thinking about before the whole, no, you know, obviously before the free agency news, I thought there was some, you know, I was trying to figure out a way the Grizzlies can make a trade to take some of those bad contracts and maybe get like a Miles Bridges or Malik Monk away from them and be like, look, we'll take Biombo or we'll take uh, Batum and Cody Zeller and we'll use the trade exception and something else. We'll send you back you know, whatever. I may, I think I had uh Corver or somebody going back who they could either cut right. or decide to use. And then we'll take miles bridges back. And then you have this, you have this flexibility neck this right now and next summer to re-sign Kimba now and then rebuild around him on the fly in the next year and a half and, and, and do something like that and, and resell your fan base on that uh, kind of structure and I was I was getting excited trying to think that we could get uh, Bridges or Monk, but I mean, that's just it, it, to a team like the Hornets, that's just so far out of the question because they're not thinking that far ahead. They're not thinking no. that strategically. They're making moves, you know, in the short term. And I kind of wanted to, uh, you know, pardon my filibuster, but I wanted to get into that kind of as a as a quick talking point. I thought about this earlier. I had two teams. I had the Hornets picked out. I had the Suns picked out. And I want to say I had another team. Let me look at my notes. Uh, oh, it was the Knicks uh, to a certain extent. So I had them picked out as three teams that you, you track the transactions made just over the past two years. Let's just take the <laughs> Hornets and the Suns first example. There's never, there's not a plan at all for what they're doing. They're making moves one at a time. And when you're running a franchise and you've seen these well-run franchises that you can't make moves short-sighted or one at a time. We saw Chris Wallace do this several times with the Grizzlies. Just so happens that he did make the right call on a few, you know, veteran free agents over the years to give us some, some playoff seasons that didn't make his, we're not talking about the Grizzlies in this conversation or we would have if they didn't work out, but all these short-sighted moves, these one-year signings, these, these like, like the Suns trading TJ Warren in a 30 in the 32nd pick for cap space to then use that cap space in the draft, like, and then, and then sign Ricky Rubio with it. Like, what are you doing? Like, it doesn't make any sense. All these things are one-offs and just nothing can go, nothing fits together like a puzzle or even remotely together like a puzzle or like, you can be like, Oh, I can see their vision here. No, it's just, random things that like, Oh, somebody called me today. A GM called me today and we're saying, Hey, what do you think about making this trade or making this move? And they just yeah. work off of that. Well, no, if that, if you have a strategy and somebody calls you with an idiotic trade, you're going to immediately shut them down and not get, you know, tempted by any level of BS that they're feeding you because you know your strategy, right? Well, no, that's what happens when you don't have a strategy is that you, you see the shiny toy and all of a sudden you're like, oh, we can get a bunch of cap space this year. And then you don't use it. Then five hours later in the draft, you trade for a draft pick and that cap space is half gone. Like, what are you doing when they got Sarich, right? It's like, 
it's so dumb. It's just, it's just, it's just funny to look at because there's just these teams do this and you know, they still are worth billions of dollars and they can't, they're making decisions that would shut down any small business in America with the level of any major business in America with the level of incompetence. So, well, I mean, that's talking about incompetence in America and being like, you know, a business owner, how, how incompetent is James Dolan? Let's just talk about that real quick. Yeah. I mean, I mean, at, at what point, at what point do you, I get not wanting to offer a max deal for a player that just tore his Achilles in his 10th or his 12th season or whatever the hell it is. Mm-hmm. I get that. Like, you know, teach your own, you, you run your business, you pay your people who, you know, what you want, but to come out and say that you're not willing to do it. Right. Like concede defeat to say, how hey, well, he went to the nets, right. He went to the nets. He chose the nets over us, but to, to come out and say, Hey, we don't want that player. Basically is what they're saying. To a Knicks fan base that hasn't had a good player, I mean, you can count Carmelo Anthony if you want to count Carmelo Anthony. In the like, they haven't had a, a, a good player in the, like what two decades? Yeah, like, it's been a, it's been a long time since they've had success. And when you when you have the opportunity, you know, like four months ago, like February or whatever, what, what have you, where you thought you were not only getting Zion Williamson, but Kyrie and Kevin Durant were coming to your team, hundred percent. You thought you were everything was going to turn around, and you didn't get Zion, you didn't get Kyrie, you didn't get Kevin Durant. And then for your owner to come out and say, well, you know, we could have offered him the max, but we just didn't want to. Like, I think that there's, there's, a, there's a mutiny happening in New York. <laughs> well, I think I totally agree with you. And they made the, sh- the short-sighted trade of Kristaps Porzingis, which to, to open up that second, cap sp- uh, second max slot to not sign anybody, right? I mean, they signed Julius Randle, yeah. and they'll probably sign some other mid-level guys. But it's like, what you could have had this guy under contract. I mean, even if he has injury concerns, but still, he's better than anybody else you're replacing him with. And it, it's just gross incompetence, man. It's 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 funny to watch. Actually, I wrote. This, I don't know if I told you about this, um, but I wrote an email. Uh, submitted it to the Bill Simmons podcast to be read with him and Ryan Rosillo a couple months ago um, for my conspiracy, um, my James Dolan conspiracy. And because he reads funny emails like that at the end of his podcast. Um, and my conspiracy was, and this was before the draft lottery and everything, but my conspiracy stemmed from that the NBA and Adam Silver wanted to remove the New York Knicks from James Dolan. And that you can't just come out and like, you can't really force him because he hasn't done really anything wrong. Like, you know, Donald Sterling did back in the day. So my, my strategy was that with the new lottery odds and the Knicks being the number, the worst team in the, they had the highest odds of getting the number one pick. But with the way the odds had changed is there was so much more variability in it to where that uh, the number one pick could slide as far down as like five. And, um, and we saw the Knicks go all the way down to three and and the Pelicans and Grizzlies jumped them. Well, I outlined that in the, in the email that that would be the first step would be the Knicks would lose out on Zion and any of the other top level guys, uh, because of the new draft lottery odds. Well, they kind of did that. They still got RJ Barrett, but still they, they, they viewed that as a loss. The second thing was that losing that pick and then Dolan would make some comments in the media and calls Kevin Durant to not want to sign there or Kyrie Irving or anybody else. Well, 
one came before the other, but still the comments in the media, basically, you know, he did even make some comments after the lottery saying that we, we believe that free agents are going to want to come here. So basically it's all lining up to now that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving both spurned them that, that now everybody's going to turn on Dolan and for, and, and try to force his hand to sell the team. And the NBA is just sitting back like, you did it to yourself. <laughs> like it's basically a conspiracy of it to take it away from him. And so hopefully yeah. Bill will read that, but uh, he saw it in his, his, his email inbox, but we'll see. But well, dude, my, my, my thing is too, like at what point, at what point, like, let's say you're the, the owner of the Knicks or we can't use that word anymore. Let's say you're the governor of the Knicks, <laughs> the governor. right? <laughs> let's say you're the governor of the Knicks mm-hmm. and you, you whiff, you know, you know, very, very badly on a bunch of free agents mm-hmm. and just uh, overall moves uh, like over the years at what point do you like stop want to hear like hearing the noise like at what point do you say like i can't deal with this anymore i'm selling the team i have the most expensive and valuable sports team in in the history of of sports basically right? yeah like, it'll, I, it'll I, be the it'll be the biggest sale when they sell it would be the, the so the last time an nba team was sold was when uh, was the, it was the Clippers, right? Um, or wait, so. wait, didn't the, didn't the Nets didn't the Nets change owners? There I was the Nets changed couple, ownership. There's been a couple, but it's been over two billion ever since. Um, yeah, the Clippers were over two. Yeah, yeah. and they're worth. Yeah, let's just say the like, yeah two billion, right? At this point, let's just say you don't. They're worth five billion. Let's just say you don't get five billion. Let's just say you you have to pay. You know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think a lot of teams will be lining up to take the Knicks mm-hmm. off their hands. Right. But I still think Dolan and, and like the, the Dolan family owns Madison square garden too. So I don't think yeah. that would be a part of the, the ultimate deal. Let's just yeah, say you pay 4 million. For sure. Cause it's like the most oh, 100%. arena in sports. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just say you pay, you know, three to 4 million. You're still, you're still getting so much money for something that's been in your family for years that you didn't necessarily pay anything for. Right. You inherited mm-hmm. it. Yeah. Like, why would you not want to do that? Like, at what point do you not want to do that? You still own them, no, like MSG, right? So, like, at what point, why? Like, would you not want to hear all the noise anymore? I, you just don't want to be the most hated man in the biggest city in the world, right? Like, it's just yeah. Uh, there's a lot of pros to it. I mean, I, it's also too like billionaires have different lines of thinking that maybe he's just like, well, I, don't, I really just don't care. I'm just going to go do what I want to do and and still own these guys, still own this team. And everything still govern govern this team. still govern this team so ridiculous <laughs> but uh but I, I, there's definitely going to be some some type of you know boy, uh, boycotts and things of that nature i mean they'll still sell tickets but there you know we've seen the the arena itself like knicks fans being thrown out of the games you know signs all over the place about you know get rid of dolan fire dolan things like that so those are just going to get even worse now especially since they yeah. aren't able to watch Zion. You could have at least sold them on a young group. Um, but oh, easily, probably, yeah. You could yeah. I, I, have. Even if you got, like, just Zion, it still would have been a win. Like, mm-hmm. if no free agents came and you got Zion Williamson, like, in your mind and in, in the mind of your fans, it's, mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. Right. But now, oh. yeah, now, now they're going to be another laughing stop. Kind of happy that Fizdale has to deal with that. Um, yeah. Good luck to him. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, yeah. Go ahead. Let's bring it. Let's bring it back to the Jazz, dude. What do you What do you think about the Jazz and all their all their moves and free agency and the and like the trades leading up to free agency? 
Yeah, I think um, I think they're going to be a really good team, but they don't have a lot of depth. Which no, the way this is looking though, there's going to be some you know minimum level free agents out there that they're going to be uh, probably be able to get their hands on to fill out fill it out their fill out their roster. But their starting lineup is going to be solid. I mean, I really like. I mean, obviously we're Conley fans. I think they traded up there, and then uh, Bogdanovich I think is going to provide more uh, options for them offensively than Favors did. They get a yeah. little worse defensively, but I think Conley steps in and is able to help that defensive scheme as a whole better. I mean, they're like the best; they're one of the best defensive teams in the league. Like an individually bad defender is not going to really affect their lineup that bad. So I don't think there'll be much to worry about there. They just need to, you know, get their uh, add to their depth a little bit. Which, you know, there's some guys out there. I, mean, I just saw Mario Hazonia sign a minimum deal in Portland which to me, a former top five pick on a minimum deal, that's a really good deal. Like he's at least worth a shot, right? He can make shot. He can make threes, you know, like there's some, there's going to be some guys they can fill out the roster with for sure. Yeah. And, speak, and, speak, and speaking of, speaking of Portland, um, I, I became even more of a Dame Dollar fan, like with him signing <laughs> that extension. Dame Dollar. That, that basically means he's staying in Portland. He just cemented his status in Portland for like, for his entire career, so dude, he's gonna be so rich. He's gonna, yeah. What, what was it like two million dollars or two hundred million dollars? Yeah, I think. Let me look at the. I had it pulled up. It's um, it's the extension or whatever that gives him like the Giannis yeah. money, the future Giannis, the 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 Steph Curry money. But I really yeah. like what they've done. Like when they signed Evan Turner a couple of years ago, they looked in a pretty rough spot with with Dame and CJ, but now. They've gotten uh, – last year they got Anthony Simons, who is, is rumored. I mean, Rosillo, Ryan Rosillo has talked about this on his podcast, that his contact that works for them says that they are that, – that covers them. Is They're ecstatic about him, and they really think that this guy, had he even gone to college last year instead of coming out of high school, he probably would have been like a top ten pick, top five pick, because he's so really? talented. And then they've Nazir, Nazir Litter, uh, Nas Little Nazir from Little. Uh, from uh, <laughs> from um, North Carolina. North Carolina fell to them, and yeah. like what yeah. number twenty four? And that's yeah, that's crazy because he's a, he was rumored to be like a lottery guy. So they've got some wing depth and adding Hazonia in there, and they even got Kent Bazemore. I really think they're going to be a good team. I think they're going to probably be like a top four team out west this year. Well, you know, they traded for they traded for Kent Bazemore as like some hedge protection on if they didn't re-sign Rodney Hood. Yeah, and with, with Rodney <laughs> really Hood re-signing, that's just yeah. I was about to say that just adds to their depth. So, I mean, at the end of the day, man, they're going to be. I think they're going to be pretty good. I, I think Bennington so too. I, do you think you know Skull Lubissier is still you know? Hey, I mean, does he ever work point, out? At this point, he's a super luxury. He's a lottery yeah. guy, or was he a? He was a late first round pick, but late first round, yeah. I mean, who? Like, you still have his rights. Like, what if he does play good this year? What if you have an injury? I mean, yeah. uh, Nurkic is not going to be fully healthy this year. I'm sure he'll come back at some point, but you're going to get a lot of run out of Myers Leonard and Zach Collins. Yeah. So Abissier will probably get minutes, yeah. like because I mean you're going to need some big bodies. So I think they've really done a good job of. Um, of filling out the roster and having a bunch of switchable wings and shot makers and stuff. Like they offered a, they did a, sent a qualifying offer to Jake Lehman too. Like, so they have his rights. 
Um, they're 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 in a really good spot. That team has been managed really well, and they uh, even even though they signed Evan Turner to that stupid deal. Um, Evan so, freaking Turner. Yeah, I mean they still have contracts that they could trade too, like that Mo, Mo Harkless and Myers Leonard. That's twenty two million dollars yeah. between the two of them. You could trade that to a team that has a player under contract long term that wants to get some more flexibility and be like, look, these two guys are expiring after this year. You take him, we'll take your guy and bet on his upside. You know, like Evan Fournier in in, uh, Orlando or something like that, you know, or whomever. But still, like they have have flexibility with those – with some contracts too. Like they're in a really good spot. There's a fun team to play around with on – on the trade machine stuff. I just, I just looked at, uh, I just, I just looked at Damian Lillard as like his, so like here, here's his years, like progression, just, just to, like to round out like his actual money, mm-hmm. 29 this next season. And then it goes to 31, 42, 46, 49, and then 52. God. By the end of his contract, he's going to be making $52 million a year. <laughs> that's insane. My God. That's insane. I hope he. I hope he's still kicking. I hope oh, he's worth it. How old is he? Uh, here I don't know. Let me let me look at it real fast. Oh, yeah, I mean, I he's got to be what? I got it. He's uh, he's. Oh shit! No, I don't. Twenty-eight. Uh, twenty-eight. Yeah. So he'll be. Well, I mean, that's that's still good. I mean, he'll be mid thirties, probably coming out of like his prime. Yeah. Now, if he was thirty or thirty-one, given this contract then maybe maybe there's a little bit to be concerned about, but he's totally worth it. Totally worth it. Yeah. He's so, going his prime. Yeah, and he's, and still, he's got those bars too, so, you know, he's, he's worth it. He came at Bagley. <laughs> Bagley came at him. Um, Bagley, ba- Bagley low-key. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, he's, he's bringing that heat. Yeah. I, I, like, uh, I like what Sacramento is doing. Like, they signed uh, – um, Trevor Ariza to two years. They signed – I mean, I don't like the Harrison Barnes contract, but I like Trevor Ariza uh, coming in to be like kind of like a veteran wing on that team. They signed Dwayne Dedman. Um, so, that, I think they're doing a couple of small little moves to make them a really legit team this year. Uh, I think they're going to challenge for a playoff spot, but it's going to be so hard to make the playoffs in the West. But they're a team it, that, it, you know – they could, You can't. Yeah, right. A, a team like the Thunder who – underperformed uh if they if if russ or pg has some injury concerns this year they could easily miss the playoffs because that's how good the rest of the west is going to be so if if any team if any major player has an injury this year we could really see somebody jump up and take a spot like there's a lot of teams that are going to be vying for that definitely not memphis though they're definitely not memphis i wish i wish memphis would what do you think about jv valentunas three years man uh, I don't know. I don't know what to think of JV. Um, when we when we traded for him, obviously getting Mark's twenty seven million dollars off the books was was worth it. Um, when we when we signed him to that three and forty five, uh, I was kind of more or less indifferent. I mean, I know that there was a couple of people going back and forth on Twitter earlier today saying that he was like this defensive juggernaut, but um, you know, at the end of the day, I think that he's going to be solid in terms of. You know, he's going to be a big guy that can come in and, you know, take over the paint a little bit from an offensive mm-hmm. standpoint to like, so where Jay, uh, like Jaron Jackson Jr. can, you know, stretch the floor and ultimately have, uh, you know, a smaller defender 
mm-hmm. working off of them. So I think it, 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 in terms of that, it kind of, it kind of works, but at the end of the day, um, not signing him for four years, I, I think is a win for the Grizzlies. So all, like ultimately I, I'd call it a win. Yeah. Or is it different in my book? Right. Like it took me a little bit to come to terms with it. I, I wasn't a fan of bringing him back for what was rumored the numbers in four years, but I'm okay with what we did because it's not an untradeable contract and he's not going to be, he's, he comes off the books right when Jaron comes up for a new deal. Um, I just didn't necessarily want him clogging uh, big man minutes for guys like Brandon Clark and uh, uh, JJ and whoever else we end up bringing in. Uh, even Ivan Rab to a certain extent, because you kind of want to see what you have with him um, uh, unless you're going to cut ties with him now. But it, he's just not he's going to do he's going to make us better in the regular season and and we're not a playoff team this year or next year so he's going to make us a better team to watch on tape and maybe he secures that pick conveying to Boston this year instead of the year following so you know who knows right like maybe he maybe he does help us out a little bit there and provide evidently people like him so we want players on the team that that are liked and we'll have plenty of cap space next year with probably nobody to sign anyway. So we got to pay somebody. So I'm talking myself into it as I'm even, as I'm even doing this here, but um, yeah, I really do. I'm looking forward to us uh, making a couple extra moves with that huge Mike Conley trade exception to hopefully get some, some uh, future picks and stuff to be, to be able to play around with. So, you know, yeah. at the end of the day, it's fine. I, I do hope that we retain DeLon Wright, though, I do hope that we yeah are able to keep him. I, I think that if you, I think that if we're able to keep DeLon Wright, and then you just sign JP uh, to that three and forty-five, I think it's a it's a good all season for the Grizzlies, mm-hmm. who who also drafted John Morant, right? So at the end of the day, if you have a, a John Morant and and Jaron Jackson Jr. future, and you mm-hmm. build around those guys, I think that ultimately, you know, it's it's a win-win for the Grizzlies, especially when you when you have Grayson Allen, somebody like, you know, a freaking defensive juggernaut on your team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, joking he, about Grayson. He uses, <laughs> he, he uses legs to the best of his ability. And when you're a trip, when you're, when you're a guy that has as much tripping experience, as, as much tripping. Yeah. I was about to say, he's got a ton of experience tripping. So at the end of the day, whatever you got to do. So, so I, I really, I know we haven't talked about it yet and I really want to get like your opinion on, the whole Kawhi Leonard thing. So, so right now it, it he's not taking any any meetings today. Like he didn't have any meetings today whatsoever. I did see where it was confirmed that Kawhi Leonard was reaching out and has already spoken to Magic Johnson. Um, I don't know really what that conversation was about, obviously. Um, but at the end of the day, he is communicating with a a former Laker great and a former Laker front office guy. So at the end of the day. Does that, in your opinion, put the Lakers in the front, like in the lead to to ultimately get him, or is that ultimately, you know, mm. I, something to where it's like, hey, I'm going to LA regardless of if I'm going to the Lakers or if I'm going to the Clippers, one of the one of the two. I went kind of, I was I was a little back and forth on what the magic news meant at first when we were talking about it, and I saw it yesterday it was like, oh, well, this means that that that's probably a really good sign that he's reaching out, him and his camp is reaching out to Magic. But then I started to think, like, could it be Kawhi doing some some backdoor or some back-channeling to see this 
Lakers front office and maybe the Lakers training staff or whomever to be like, Hey, is this going to be, you know, like I know I'm going to go in the room with LeBron James and Rob Polinka and they're going to tell me everything's great. But am I walking into a shit show? Am I walking into a tire fire? Like that's maybe that's what he was talking about as well. I don't know that if you would reach out to magic Johnson to get that, but maybe they view him as like the most honest guy in the room, which maybe he is right. Maybe yeah. he does have no filter. He does seem to, you know, he one day trashes uh, Rob Polinka on ESPN and then tweets it, congratulations to him and all that stuff. So I don't, I mean, I don't, Honestly, I don't know. I want him to sign with the Lakers, but I kind of think that it may be neck and neck with the Clippers and the Lakers now. It really comes down to because there was rumors about him wanting another star. I don't know if that's true or not. If he doesn't care about another star, I think the Clippers situation is going to be a lot more interesting to him because it'll be a lot more similar to what he was just in uh, doing with uh, Toronto, where there's some B level players, some really good role players, and you're the main guy, and they all kind of compliment you but you're the star. Well, with the Lakers, it's like immediately win another championship. Well, he's got two finals and two final MVPs already. So we don't, we can't assume that another chance at a finals is going to cloud him, cloud his uh, thinking, right? So to be honest, I think it's probably really close to 50-50 with the LA markets right now from what I've seen. I think that, I think that ultimately, and here's why I would go to the Lakers and here's why I would not go to the Clippers. If you go to the Lakers, you're going to be uh, arguably the best player on the best team. Like if I'm LeBron, if I go in and pitch to Kawhi Leonard, I'm not saying, hey, I want you to be my number two. Or, hey, I, I think that even I'm going to be number two. Mm-hmm. If I'm LeBron and I'm pitching, and I'm pitching to Kawhi Leonard, even, even when you have AD in here, you're, if, if AD and LeBron are, are in the room, you're saying, hey, we want you to be our, like the guy. This is your team. This is wherever you want to bring it, wherever you want to take it, we're going with you. Because at the end of the day, you said it, they do have a chance to like fully compete um, at a championship next season. Next season. And he would be what – I don't know how many players have done this in the past, but potentially he would have the opportunity to get three championships with three different teams and you have the finals MVP on a third team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think at, at some point, at some point you've won two championships, you've won two finals MVPs. At some point, I think that you have to, you have to ultimately go for something bigger than that too, right? Because if you go to the Clippers, yeah, you'll be the number one guy, but you're going to be, like you said, there's going to be a bunch of B-level guys there and you're not guaranteed that you'll even be like a top four, three or four seed in the, in the West, let alone make it to the finals. So at the end of the day, which would you rather do? I, and I, but I think that's what it comes to. I don't know that we can assume that Kawhi think like, that's I don't think he cares. Though. You're right. But maybe LeBron, like think about it. Even if he theoretically is the best player on that team, if they're winning a championship, LeBron's going to be the number one talked about athlete on that team. Like LeBron is probably the second best player of all time. Like Kawhi Leonard has a chance to be that level of player. He is an amazing, like one of the best players of all time. But like he's not going to get the shine with LeBron standing there. It's not going to happen. But I just don't know that. But I also think be that. I don't know if he wants that. Like think about think about it like this. But if you're if you're Kawhi Leonard, 
if you're Kawhi Leonard, you want the, the, all of the attention off of you. And with a player like LeBron in the room and a player like AD in the room, you have the opportunity to be a shadow. Even, even if you're a Kawhi Leonard, you can be a shadow. You have the opportunity to kind of lay low and just play basketball. Because LeBron's going to get the, the, blunt, the brunt of all of the questions, AD, all of the questions. Mm-hmm. And Kawhi Leonard has the opportunity to just kind of be like, hey, guys, I'm here. You know what I mean? Like LeBron, Le- right. LeBron, LeBron will take all of that media attention off of him. It's so true. I, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a could work factor. out. That's a big factor, especially, uh, you know, because that, that's kind of how it was early in uh, San Antonio with Tim and Tim Duncan, Tony Parker and them. I mean, to me, it's just, I do think there's a secret kind of just sinister part of Kawhi that loves being able to go against guys like LeBron and be the guy that shut him down or the, the guy that got the best of him. And I think it would be even to the 10th degree of, of that little uh, part of Kawhi that get, he gets to realize by playing in LA next door to literally in the same building, but you know, they're, you know, for like in the other team in LA and gets to do that to LeBron, like beat him in the regular season or beat him in the playoffs. Like that would be just icing on top of the cake. So to me, like that's kind of what makes me think the Clippers still have a legit shot. But at the same time, I do, I do, I would rather see him on the Lakers. I would love to see them uh, win another, win a title with LeBron. I think that would be, yeah. be amazing uh, to kind of come follow Golden State's dynasty right up with that. Um, but who knows? I mean, I don't know. I, th- I think it, I think it's still a pretty good shot at both of them. And maybe he just returns to Toronto <laughs> out from under our noses, right? I don't know. I don't. I don't think there's a scenario where he goes back to Toronto. Honestly. Yeah, I mean that would that would be surprising to everybody. I think at this point. I mean, and two, and I yeah. was uh, tweeting about this earlier as well. That you know, basically, it's Toronto or LA for him. Either the Lakers, or the Clippers, and whoever misses out on him. If Toronto misses out, look, they just want a title. They can't sign anybody anyway. If he leaves, it is what it is. They don't care. They just want a title. Now, if he chooses whatever team he doesn't choose in LA and if he doesn't choose either of them, they've both missed out on like the top, you know, the top two tiers of free agents that signed today. A ton of players, the ton of players. So especially like think about it for the Lakers, who are you going to fit? You're going to have to split that cap space up. There's no top level guys left out there. So you're going to have to split that up between guys who probably aren't worthy of that, that money. Or if you're the Clippers, you had hopes on maybe even getting KD and Kawhi this year. And if you don't end up with either of them, you're running the same squad back in a West that's even better. And you were just the eighth seed. You're probably not a playoff team yeah. next year, you know. Uh, or you're 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 fighting for your life to just you know be in the consideration for it. So you know either one of those teams could be devastated after this. Yeah, I think I think ultimately if you if you put it on like pen to paper. If if the Lakers don't sign Kawhi, I think it's pretty devastating because you don't have anybody to fill out your roster. Like all of these people that you – all of these like low-level free agents even, you said they, they missed out on like the top two-tier like free agents. I even think like these mm-hmm. role players like the Garrett Temples and the, um, you know, the Ed Davises of the world, like all these players that are getting like $5, $10 million a year, like you're missing out on all of those guys too because they're like – you know, everybody's jumping on – I'm going to go to New Orleans. I'm going to go to the Brooklyn Nets. I'm going to, you know, I'm, I'm hopping on this jazz bandwagon. 
like all of these, they're already going to it. Like and the Lakers and, and the Clippers are kind of like, you know, they have their hands tied for lack of a better phrase, but you know, <laughs> yeah. at the end, no. at, the, at the end of the day, you're, I mean, guys like Trevor Ariza and um, uh, like you said, you mentioned Ed Davis and guys like and JJ Reddick, guys like that are they're they're they took the money, you know. So you're you're left, you're gonna have to fill it out with, uh, you not have to look at the list, but you know, if I were the Clippers, I'd, I'd seriously consider D'Angelo Russell too. I mean, I don't think that would be a bad guy to to put in there with a lot of those young guys that you have. They'll still have cap space moving forward next year as well. So uh, with uh, Gallinari coming off the books, but um, but they're both going to be in a rough. Sh- whoever loses out on him is going to be in a rough spot uh, to kind of recuperate. Um, but I think the Lakers still probably have the most to lose because if they get if they get Kawhi, they're immediately the the number one contenders. And if they lose him, then you're really looking at having to fight it out in the West. I still think LeBron and AD and whoever else they get is a really good shot at coming out of the West, but it's going to be even tougher uh, to yeah. take the beating that, you know, they're going to have to take with people like Portland and uh, Denver and um, teams like that in Utah. So. Shams just tweeted out that, uh, that the Nets and the Warriors are, are exploring potential sign and trades for D'Lo. Wow. There it is. That's what Windhorse was talking about. So I'm wondering wow. if, uh, I'm wondering if the, uh, um, maybe the Wolves can't find that team for Andrew Wiggins. Maybe they yeah, just can't get it done. Yeah, they, uh, there's no way. There's no way. That's that's crazy. If the, I mean, that talk about a win for the uh, Warriors. Like, I mean, I, they're going to end up paying. I mean, they're going to pay Clay. They're going to be a luxury tax team. But at the same time, you that new stadium they're building and like the team out here, like they're not. They don't have to worry about the money. But if they're able to replace Durant with D'Angelo. And that's not an untradeable contract either if they decide they don't want him. But that would be him and him and Steph will be fun to watch next year. Like that right that, there. Yeah. That be, right there makes them oh my probably a top four team, honestly, just because that's how their pedigree. You know, they have the role yeah, players, a lot of the role players in place. Dude. Oh my gosh. So I don't man, know, man. Maybe, it's maybe that's be, a good spot to end it on. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, all, all all I'm saying is that if you don't think that the NBA is the best sport in America on the world then you're sadly mistaken <laughs> yeah, man. just with the nba free just with the nba free agency alone <laughs> it's it's like the craziest off season and it feels it goes by super i mean they have like three or four months off that's it like they're playing in october and yeah. by the way good good part to point to plug it is that me and you will be watching them in uh vegas watching the summer league in vegas for a couple of days next weekend so be uh pumped to probably record a podcast in the hotel there no, no easy bucket does Vegas. We yeah. are, we are going to the summer league. We are, we are going to do some boots on the ground, some scouting, probably, uh, probably eat some good food, drink some good drinks and, uh, hopefully not lose any money. Ah, uh, you never know. Probably going to lose a decent amount. <laughs> probably, probably, but, um, but, uh, it was good. This is, I think we talked about everything major. I think we hit on everybody that, that we needed to. And, you know, hopefully, hopefully we, um, we can round it out our first, uh, our first take from our summer league pod will be talking about where Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard end up, ends up going. So we'll uh, we'll we'll, ra- we'll round it out next week. <laughs> he, be- he better hopefully. have decided by that point. He better. Hopefully we'll know by then. Yeah, hopefully. But uh, anyway, man, I appreciate you jumping on. And uh, yeah, man. Obviously, everybody be looking out for our summer league stuff. But uh, other than that, peace.
Thank you.